experienced in her life, and God wants that and has that for you, I believe. Uh, we're in 21 days of prayer, church family, and so we'll end that on January 31st. If you jumped in with us on, on the 11th, and uh, if you didn't, jump in this week and pray with us every day. Just get up a little bit early, uh, give your lunch time to, to God, and just pray extra during the week. It's amazing what God will do, and I'm anxious to hear what all God has done during these 21 days of prayer uh, as once again we've started off the year just seeking after God and asking for God to speak to us and, and I'm excited for what uh, testimonies are going to come from that. We have journals in the lobby, all right? You guys bought us out a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned, and we have more. So uh, today have at it, if you will, and uh, just uh, pick one up. Maybe pick one up for somebody else if you'd like, but there's power in writing things down, and that's why we're doing this, because uh, if you'll just simply, they say, if you just simply write down what you're hearing, you'll remember more of it, and, and then it becomes a resource to you so that through the week, even, you can refer back to it, or even weeks back, you can go back and look at it, and who knows, they're branded uh, with Crossroads name. Uh, and so maybe if you're using it at lunchtime and reading through it or whatever, somebody may ask what you're doing, and you'll have an opportunity to share with them and tell them about Crossroads or tell them uh, about your faith, and uh, who knows where that conversation could go. Uh, also, at the end of these 21 days, as uh, Josh mentioned, our, uh, our youth and our young adult pastor They'll be coming back next weekend, and then we'll be ending our 21 days of prayer. And so then that first Wednesday of, the new, of this new month of February, uh, we're going to gather together for a night of worship. And I think it's going to be a powerful night after 21 days of prayer and after our young people have been to the winter retreat, uh, coming back all fired up. It's going to be a powerful night, right? And so you don't want to miss that. And it's going to be a great culmination of our 21 days. All right, we're going to get into today's topic. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about uh, different words that are on the walls. Those who are listening by podcast, you're not able to be here. We're glad for all of our podcast family to listen and tune in every week. But uh, we're going to talk about another one of these words today that uh, we have on the walls around us. And that word is serve. And um, as we get to think about this word, I want you to answer this question. How many have put together puzzles before? Right? Uh, I, I know I grew up doing a lot of puzzles. The pieces just kept getting smaller, you know, as I would get older. And then you have a thousand pieces and all. But there were times, see if you had this experience where I thought, oh, th I think this fits here. Only... I was like, hmm, not quite, I don't think. I want it to, right? I want it to fit uh, because I've been looking all over for you, but you're not it, right? And, and, and so there were times when I would have to look at the picture again. You with me? 
Because it's like, oh, there was a pole there. So there has to be a, maybe a piece of brown on this piece. You know, a little bit of slice of brown or something. So I, it's not just purple. It's got to have that on there. And, uh, and so I would look at it and I'd look at it and then say, okay, now let me see if I can find the right piece. Anybody with me? Today, we're going to look at the picture of the church as it ought to be. And here's what I think. If you want a picture of the church as it ought to be, go to the book of Acts. Because in the book of Acts, and you can go ahead and turn there if you have a Bible, Acts chapter 2, this is fresh out of the womb of God. I mean, this is right after the resurrection of Jesus. This is right after the ascension of Jesus into heaven, and the disciples disperse, and they begin to build the church that the gates of hell can't prevail against, and they begin to do uh, teaching in Jerusalem and the surrounding area, and it begins to fan out. And if you want to know what the church ought to look like, I think you look right here. Hello? Right? Am I right? Okay, you, you can talk back. It's okay. I don't know where you've been before, but it's okay today. And, and so here, here's the thing. It's, it's just like the pieces of a puzzle. They, they go in one spot. We're, we're going to see how God organized the church to come together in just a certain way. And, and he had a plan in mind. So Acts chapter 2 in verse 42, if you don't have a Bible, we'll pull it up on the screen. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They got together, uh, the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And, and all believers were what? together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their, they took communion in their houses all the time and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all, right? All the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They didn't just go to church. They were the church. As a matter of fact, they didn't even really have a building like this that they would meet in. And so that's the reason why many of them just met from house to house to house to house. And, and here's the thing, is to get us into the picture of what God wants that, to fit us in, there are two ways that we get connected. One is what I talked about last week. We talked about how we share together as far as, as in community, uh, how we come together and in unity, and, and how that in that connectedness of a life group is what we call them, we can come together with one another. So if you weren't here last week, you should listen to the podcast of last week and take that in, because I'm not going to re-preach that message today. So we have that connection, but then there's another way, and that is through serving. 
Because powerful things happen when we serve. We get connected to other people and, and, and we become the church. And so we're going to look today at what this passage has to say about helping us to know our calling. Because listen, we're all called. We're all called. And here's the first thing if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're, we're called to be known. Say that with me. Called to be known. We're called to be known. We're called to be known, of course, by God, but also by others as well. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. God never intended for you to live life alone, especially the Christian life. And deep down inside, we all long for this, don't we? We all want this. And there's, there's, again, two ways to make that happen. You can join a small group, but you can also serve. Because I'm telling you, when you serve with other people, you'll get to know other people. You can just go on a missions trip with us for one week. And it's amazing how connected you'll be to those people by the time you come back. When you first get on the plane and go, those people, you didn't know them all that well. You spend a week serving. You spend a week pouring cement in a 190-degree temperature. I've been there, done that, right? Laying block or whatever it is you're doing and, and helping to construct something for the glory of God. By the time you come back, you're You're friends. And so no matter what job you do through the week, you could be a brain surgeon, you could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, you could be a housewife, you could be a teacher, you could be whatever, but when you come together, you become a team. You become family. And nobody by themselves is a whole team. We need each other. And God works miracles. He works miraculously through people as we come together. And God doesn't intend for any of us to be off by ourselves. We are called to be known. And the second thing, if you're taking notes, is write this down. We are called to be needed. Say that with me. We're called to be needed. We're called to be needed. We're called to serve and support in a particular spot, in a particular area. It says they sold their possessions and goods and they gave to anyone as he had need. I mean, they were just ready to just, you know, use me. Just let me be used of you, Lord. My stuff's not my stuff. It's your stuff. Is that your attitude? It's, it's whatever you want, God, and just, you just, you just, you loaned it to me and now I want you to use it however way you want to. Do you know how to know if you have a consumer mindset? And by the way, it is so easy in America to have a consumer mindset, to think it's all about me. Here's one thing you, you do when you have a consumer mindset. You ask this question, I wonder what's the minimum I could do. You've got a consumer mindset. When you ask, I wonder what's the minimum I could do? Or or maybe you ask this question, 
I wonder what would be the least inconvenient for me. You know, the least inconvenient. If I'm going to serve or if I'm going to give to others or do, do whatever, I wonder what would be the least inhibiting to my life. What's going to cause the least disruption to my life and my lifestyle and my ambitions? Boy, it got quiet. <laughs> I thought it might. I didn't know. I, it really got quiet. So, so just think about that. And, and think about, but here's what the Bible says. You are called. You are chosen. You are capable. You are valuable. God can and wants to and will use your life. He will if you allow them to. But that's the exact opposite of how many of us feel. Many of us feel that, you know, I, 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 won't, I can't be used of God. But I'm telling you, we've been placed in this world to serve God. And every piece of the puzzle is important. I've never been putting a puzzle together and a piece said, well, I can change and become like that and fit in that hole. Never had that happen. No, instead, what I've had happen is every piece has a particular certain spot that only it can fit in. Hello? And you are unique by God. You have unique fingerprints. The fingerprint of God is on you so much so that even your eyes, we know, they can scan your eye like nothing else. And, and your eyes different from anybody else on the planet because you are so unique. There's a hole in the puzzle that only you can fill, that only you're able to fit in. And there's a lot of people in church that sit here, and here's what we're tempted to do. Oh, it's, you know, there's a lot of people here. And there was a service before this. And there were hundreds of people there. So my goodness, that with all these people and the hired staff that they've got in this church, surely if I don't participate, somebody will do it. Somebody will, will fill that hole. It'll be just fine. I'm telling you, the puzzle is not complete until you're in it. Does that make sense? Until you fit. I've never seen it where I can make that piece fit in that other spot. Only that piece that's meant to be there can be there. And God says the same thing about you and about me. But here's what the enemy says. You're not talented enough. You're not gifted enough. You know, you're not important enough. You really don't matter. Or your past is too cluttered. It's too bad for you to be used. You, you, there's just no way. You, you are unworthy to be able to do that. And you don't know enough. You're, you're, not, you're not far enough in your faith to be able to be used of God. I'm telling you, many people believe the lie that if you weren't here, it wouldn't matter. And I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. 
all right? If you're not in the puzzle, there's a hole in it. Does that make sense? You're, you're, you've got to be there. The picture is not complete of what all God has. Let me, let me show it to you in another scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says this. The body is a unit. Although it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. God says, if you're not playing your part, your part's not getting played. If you're not playing your part, it, something's not being done. I can't play your part, and you can't play my part. We're all uniquely designed by God. And, and let me just show you how it works with animals, all right? Uh, just play along with me. It's no fun if you don't play. So um, just answer this. A, a group of elephants is called what? A herd. Yes, a herd. All right, how about a group of lions? A pride. That's right, you, you're doing great. All right, a group of cheetahs, not Cheetos, but... <laughs> She does. All right. Anybody know? Who? Oh, no, no, no. Come on. I thought you said it. It's a coalition. It's a coalition of cheetahs. Okay. How about a group of donkeys? Now, be careful. All right. Anybody know? It's a pace, a pace of donkeys, okay? How about a group of crows? A murder, yeah. That's scary, isn't it? A group of vultures. A committee. Seriously, it's a committee. And somebody told me after first service that uh, a group of baboons is called a Congress. I don't know. I didn't look, I didn't look that one up, so I can't, can't vouch for that one. All right, that's just hearsay after service. But here, here's the thing: is individually, individually, each animal has a name, but when they come together, they take on a new identity. And when one person has come to Christ. What do we call them? We call them a Christian or maybe a Christ follower. That's what I often like to say because there's so many interpretations of what a Christian is. But, but it's a Christian or a Christ follower. But you, what's a whole bunch of Christians together? A whole bunch of Christians is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the body of Jesus on the earth today, right? It's his people coming together. It's power, right? When we come together, because you're his hands to serve, you're his feet to go, you're his mouth to share, you're his heart to love. You are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. And listen, every part of the body matters. Let's pick it up. 1 Corinthians 12, here's what Paul goes on to say. Yes, the body has diff many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, 
well, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the hand. That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, well, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? It's interesting that Paul contrasts these body parts and he uses this as a metaphor, as an analogy, so we can get our hands around this topic and understand this because he says, what, what if the ear says, well, you know, nobody ever talks much about me. I want to be an eye. Everybody talks about the eye. You know, it's easy for the ear to feel inferior. Nobody really cares or pays enough attention to the ear unless you have an earache or something like that. No one in love ever stares longingly into your ear. <laughs> and if they do, you may want to break up. No one ever has an ear-to-ear -ear conversation. You, you've never seen a movie for your ears only. Beauty is in the ear of the beholder. Now, that's kind of gross, isn't it? We never say, oh, she's got bedroom ears. Or I've got stars in my ears. Or you're the apple of my ear. We don't say those things. And so the ear could say, I'm not important. I don't, even, I don't even matter. I don't count. But Paul says, oh, no, that's not how it is. Every part matters. Every part has a function. Everything is important. And look at what he says in, in verse 22. He says that, all the believers were together, had things in common. Excuse me, I'm, I'm 12.24. I thought I'd speed this up, but I need to look at the screen. There it is. In fact, some parts of the body seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body. How many are glad for your heart, your lungs, your stomach? You're, you're glad for those things. But yet, Paul says, we don't see them. We, we don't see those things, but they're important. As a matter of fact, you could make an argument that they're more important than other things are. Did you know that, for example, your pinky, you, you think, well, that's not that important. That's the smallest finger. You know, did you know that 50% of your hand strength is in your pinky? And so you need that little buddy. <laughs> your uvula back in your throat, it secretes enough saliva to fill two swimming pools over a lifetime. Kind of gross. But you need that stuff, all right? You need it. And as long as we're getting gross, how about armpit hair, huh? <laughs> you know, it's, it's to diffuse the natural smell to attract a mate. But I'll tell you guys, it works a lot better if you'll shower and put on deodorant, too. I'm going to help you out, yeah. And all the ladies said amen. 
Sometimes what you do is not as visible as other people, but I'm telling you, the people who put the words on the screen, they're huge every week. You don't see them. You don't, you don't even know maybe who they are, but, but they're so important because hundreds of people are impacted, are affected. The hundreds of people are able to get engaged in worship unto God together in unity, lifting our voices up to God because those guys are doing their job, because they're volunteering. Come on, give it up for them, will you? All right. If just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not important. See, if you aren't engaged or involved or serving or loving or contributing somewhere, then there's a spot open. There's a, there's a spot open, and only you can fill it. If you're not doing something, then something God wants to do is not getting done. Because he made you special. He made you unique for a reason. And sometimes we just kind of fall asleep. I know uh, here a while back, Rochelle and I were asleep. It was the middle of the night. And uh, in the middle of the night, she is laying over kind of on her stomach. And she realizes that somebody's arm is under her. And she knew from the angle, she thought, well, that's not his arm. And, and she thought, well, who is that? And she grabbed it and threw that arm and smacked me up the side of the head. <laughs> it was her arm. <laughs> it fell asleep <laughs> while she was asleep. She couldn't feel it. And she thought, that's somebody else. I wonder, I wonder how many people in the body of Christ have fallen asleep. You're numb. Something's not getting done. The lifeblood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is not flowing through your life. I'm telling you, the rest of the body has to work all the harder when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well, something's not getting accomplished. Something's not getting... Not, being hap not happening, a need is not getting met. There's a life that's not being touched, and there could be someone literally going to hell because of what you're not doing. And again, we're quick to say, "Oh, but what about my past?" You know, I mean, I I've lost in marriage, I've lost in finances, or I've lost in business. I've I've been a loser in life. I failed financially. I failed as a parent. I, I don't feel successful in any way. Let me tell you something. Your past doesn't disqualify you. If anything, it prepares you. Because when you get used by God, you know you're not being used by God in light of you. You know you're being used by God in spite of you. And so then he gets all the glory, all the honor, all the praise when people come to you like they do to me. And they say, oh, you're doing a great job. I love how you're leading this church or whatever. Let me tell you something. He gets all the glory for it because I know it's him. And same thing when you're in the five-year-old class, when you're leading the life group, 
when you're serving as a greeter or whatever, and you're really an introvert, and you say, oh, if you only knew, he's stretching me out here. I don't, I don't, this is not normal. This is not natural for me, but it's his love pouring through me, and my desire to be used of him that has me in this spot. He gets all the credit and all the glory. What do you call a whole group of Christians? You call it the body of Christ. And if you do your part, and they do their part, and I do my part, it all comes together under the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish incredible things. And how many know it can be incredible what God can do? I mean, just as an illustration, we've, we've done this before. We've said, hey, if everybody today, just on your way out, there's a need we want to meet this week, just give a dollar on your way out. Just put a dollar in the bucket. And you know what's happened? After that one morning, we're able to give hundreds of dollars that week to meet a need. Now, that doesn't look like much, does it? Well, I only gave a dollar. But when hundreds, are, are you catching this? See, see, when everybody's in their spot, when everybody, it's amazing how the whole puzzle comes together. It's amazing what happens. And it's incomplete until every piece is in its spot. We can't reach the maximum worship in this place until you're worshiping. We, we can't have maximum impact until you're making an impact. And so God wants us all to be in. Here's the last thing to write down. So, so you can be known. You're called to be known. You're called to be needed. And you're called to be change agents. Say that with me. I'm called to be a change agent. A change agent. Because if you read this, look at what happened. Let, let's look at it again. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I mean, change wasn't, here's God's will. Let me put it this way. God's will is that somebody in this service, just like there were several somebodies in the first service, that weren't connected to God, would get connected to God today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And for some of you, today's the day. Today's the day for you to become a Christ follower, for you to know what I'm talking about. Now, for others, tomorrow's the day because they're not here today. But you're going to meet them at the playtime that your toddlers have together. Or you're going to meet them at work in the break room. Or you're going to meet them somewhere else during this week. Look, look at this. It, it's God's will that people come to him every day. Do you see that? Every day. Now, for that to happen, you and I have to do something more than just go to church. We've got to be the church. And I'm looking at people today that I'm challenging you Quit just coming to church. Why don't you start being the church? Would you do that? 
And it's a lot more fun if you do. Okay, it is. It's a lot more fun if you do. And God knew that. And so God's will is that you and I come together, that you and my life, we intersect and we come together. And then the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. And how many know you're a lot better with the Holy Spirit than you are without, right? Uh, You're just a whole lot better. I know I'm a lot better if I have the Holy Spirit working in my life. And I'm telling you, when you begin to step out, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to step in and begins to supply the power that only He can supply. There's a form in today's handout. And if you're not already serving somewhere regularly, or if you still haven't found your spot, and there's an empty hole in the picture of God's church, and and you fit in that hole, I want you to fill out that form. And I want you to give it to somebody today on the way out or, or at the Connect Center. Drop that off. Don't take it home with you. And here's what I want you to do is, is you're unique. Nobody can be you. I can't be you. You can't be me. So you make a unique contribution that only you can make. And we're not complete, and we're not reaching our maximum impact in Hendricks County until you get in the picture, until you fit in wherever it is that you fit in. And for some, that could be life group leader. And here's the thing is some people say, oh, I just, I don't know the Bible well or whatever. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know to be a life group leader. You need to know Jesus. Okay? If you know Jesus and you love people, you can be a life group leader. You can be, matter of fact, you can be probably more awesome than somebody who tries to be a Bible scholar. Because they probably bore everybody to death every week, all right? Just be honest. And, and, and so here, here's what you do. If you love God and you love people, you can be used of God. That's all it takes. Love God, love people. And you can be an awesome greeter. You, you can greet people at the door and smile with the smile of Jesus. Love God and loving people. And maybe I'll throw in a breath mint, okay, for the greeters. Maybe do that too. You know, but you can be a parking lot greeter. Stand out there on a cold day, a wet day, or whatever day, and have the honor of being the first smile. Think about that. Coming to coming to church, the first smile, the first wave, and they don't even know I'm praying over them while they drive by. You could do that. Or like Pam, you could touch five-year-olds. Think about that. That five-year-old is going to be a 25-year-old. And in the next 20 years, 
a lot can happen. I may know that because it happened to you. In those 20 years, a lot can happen. And what if, while there are five, somehow you sow a seed? Somehow you show enough of Jesus that they decide, I want to follow Jesus. And one day you're in church and you're clapping for them when they get baptized. And then when they're a teenager and when they go off to college, maybe somehow or another they make a few bad choices and bad decisions and whatever. But your words and your love keep drawing them back. And you get to watch them come back when they're 25 or better yet never walk away think about that you could do that you could impact teenagers on Sunday night you could be there for them I know you're not cool but they already know that all right You just have to love them, all right? Just show them love, and you'll change lives. I'm telling you, there's, there's so many spots. There's so many places. But here's what I want you to do. is Find your spot, your, your place, your part in the puzzle, in the picture of what the church should be. Do this for me. Stop just coming to church and start being the church. And as we all do that, Hendricks County will never be the same again. How many know that? This This whole area will be impacted just like it was. Let's pray. Father, help us today to apply this because God, it's, it's one thing to believe it. It's another thing to act on it. So God, what I'm asking for is you give us the courage to apply it to our lives. To realize that you qualify us by your call. It's not our ability. It's simply our availability to you. And God, as we look at this picture today, help us to find our spot, our place. Maybe you're here today, and you'd be honest enough to say, you know, Craig, I I think I'm more sometimes of a church goer than a church beer. I I think sometimes I'm guilty of just kind of going through the motions and and things like that, but I don't want to do that. I want to fulfill my destiny. I want to achieve my purpose. I want to make a difference with my life. And wherever my spot is, I want to get in it. And I want to know the joy of being used of God 
feel the energy of his power flowing through me, changing lives around. If you're here today and you say, Craig, that's what my, my desire's for that. I, I want to all over again just give my life to him because he's given so much to me. I, I want to be used of God in any way, shape, or form. How many of that's your prayer today? You'd raise a hand up toward God. Hands going up all over this room. Father in heaven, we raise our hand to you because we want to be used. And if you can use us, even if it's like the little pinky, God, we have no idea what we could add. We have no idea what could take place if we just step out. So God, today, give us courage, give us faith to not just hear this message, but to act on it, to be doers of the word, not just hearers of it. And so God, we ask that you use us to change lives and to turn Hendricks County upside down for the glory of Jesus. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, there may be others here that if you were to be honest, you would say, maybe you're living your life for you. That it's a very me-centered life. And studies show that people who are me-focused tend to be more depressed, tend to have less happiness, tend to have discouragement in their life more than people who live for a higher purpose. People who live for a higher purpose tend to be happier than those who don't. And so if you're here this morning and you say, Craig, to be honest, I think I fall in that category and I don't want to. I, I, I want a relationship with God and I, I do want, if He does have a place for me, and somewhere to use my life, then I'm willing to do that today. And I, I know that I, I need him in order to have fulfillment in my life. I need him in my life. And if you're here this morning and you know that, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, today's my day. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. How many others? All right, several hands around the room. So here's what we're going to do, church family. Nobody prays alone. We all pray together. So church family, pray with me right now. And let's lift our voice to God, especially if you raised your hand. You don't have to pray real loud, but just pray uh, these words to God. And I believe he's going to hear you. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. And I know I've sinned. But I want to start over. And I want you in my life. And so I'm asking today for a relationship with you. Forgive me of my past. Give me a new beginning. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God as a part of the body, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody.